It's Parry Talks episode, I think, 54 now. We said this on the last podcast, but I'm going to say it again. So many exciting announcements coming up soon for Parry Talks. Our first compilation currently sitting at over $1,300 raised for Aboriginal Legal Service. So thank you so much for the incredible support there. We've got the next singles in for our next compilation as well with the charity we've landed on being Smugglers of Light. So go check them out if you haven't. That'll be rolling out in the next couple of months. So yeah, we've got so much incredible charity work coming up and the support on the previous ones and what we've heard about what's coming forward is so grateful. So thank you for that. But of course, this isn't about us. This isn't about Parry Talks. Our next guest is another super special episode. She's one of my favorite and one of Australia's favorite, most exciting talented artists at the moment. She's Brizzy based. She's just released her debut EP. It's, I'm not going to describe her sound because it's impossible to describe. Um, I'm just calling you out to listen to the project. She goes by Psycho. We've got her for a quick chat today. That's got to be one of the most epic intros ever. How are you this afternoon? <laughs> I'm very good. How are you? Good. I will say I feel like my serotonin levels have completely changed because it's, like, not winter anymore. I feel like it changes everything for me. Mm. Like... Agreed. Yesterday I had the sweatiest hands and I didn't love the feeling. I didn't love it. I'm like um, Mr. Sweaty Hands though. Like I'm 12 months a year, clammy hands. And people say it's because I don't wash my hands, but like I do wash my hands. It's so weird. I don't know. It's a weird no, thing. No, it's, it's genu- genuinely a thing. Like my girlfriend has the cl- clammiest hands, no matter how cold it is. It's like the, the water just pours out whereas for me I have I am very cold-blooded and my toes I have to wear socks constantly because I get the coldest feet and like it irks me when they're like freezing are you one of those people that like will go out during the day in summer and have like jeans on or are you are you like do you dress appropriately for summer no I will wear jeans and like I, I barely sweat like I'll go to a festival and I'll I won't really sweat that like oh I God. will sweat but I won't sweat all that much that's almost a super to others sorry to interrupt that was that's almost a superpower it I is think, a superpower I think yeah like I'd rather this than um clammy hands but it means that like um when I step out into the world without socks on I it really hurts my feet because <laughs> I'm really sensitive oh yeah I <laughs> I used to be like that and my previous partner like lived on the central coast so like I'd go to the central coast and like everyone would just walk around barefoot and I'd be like and I'd like take my thongs to the beach and like in between the car and the beach I'd walk down and like my feet would be killing me and everyone would look at me like dude what's your problem you little city you city slicker and I'm like my feet are sensitive like I don't operate like that it hurts and like when there's pebbles on the road it it really hurts like I literally like have to hold on to people when we're like at the beach or something walking on grass or like on the road it hurts psycho apparently you also release music beyond the the, the skin (laughs) thing um and the EP is out and I imagine you've been sitting on it for a little while, but for you just generally, what's been the most rewarding result of the release now that it's been out? What's just stuck, stood out as, ah, oh, this is really nice. Um, I've gotten some really lovely messages. I got one about like um, that 
this happy you're here um really made someone feel really comforted and warm and I think that one really stood out to me because I feel like I never think about the people listening to my music I just kind of hope that they people resonate with it in some way but it's really nice to know that people can feel a genuine connection to it I guess do you make music no no true that's why I feel like none well that's a conversation for another time (laughs) um but I think I think do you think that when you write music almost a bit selfishly where it's like I'm not trying to list focus on what the other person is going to think about this I'm just going to lay out my heart on this record do you think that almost makes it easier for a listener to be like okay this is real music I can actually engage with that like it almost makes it more raw do you feel that yeah I definitely think so like I think you can write a song and have no meaning to it or um connect to it in any way but I don't think that will necessarily connect with anyone else because you don't feel it so how do you expect someone else to feel it but maybe that's just my own point of view maybe anyone can write a song and doesn't mean anything yeah but I think anyway I don't want to get I guess too hard on this (laughs) thing but I think a lot of people and I think a good place to start this conversation is a lot of people would describe your music as alternative pop music I don't want to brand you as any genre. I just don't like that. But the definition of pop has changed so much over the past five years. Do you feel like you're happy with the title of being a pop artist? You know, what defines good pop music for you? I love pop music. I love all of it. I think that all music is great music. Depends what your mood is and what your, if you're like a music snob or anything. Like, I think my music, I think, is pop with psychedelic influence but with all of that gone away, like all of the textures and all the cut, like all the prod, it's a pop song. And I think that, I don't know, I think pop is quite underrated, even though it's overrated, like it's the most accessible thing. It's still underrated in terms of the people that respect it genuinely. So I like pop music. That's my thoughts. Beautiful. And I think now that we're, we're already here on the psychedelia thing and it's ingrained in your artist's name, it's ingrained in your music, um, where did that initial, you know, spark for that aesthetic and sound for this project start? Was it, do you think it was a strategic thing that was like, this is how I'm going to shift it or, is it or was it just like it fell into place and it's just how it is? Um, in high school, someone showed me Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon and I didn't listen to the album I just listened to the great gig in the sky but um as soon as I heard that they used a vocal as like an instrument it like it changed my world because I was like you don't have to say anything you can feel so much emotion just from the vocal itself like without any lyrics and I think that really spoke to me and I made like a a full psychedelic rock slash I don't know, jazz-influenced album in grade 12, um, which is now off the internet. But, like, yeah. How important, even though you write a project like that and now it doesn't exist, how important do you think that writing that album, finishing those songs, having them out for a little bit, no matter whether they're deleted or not, helped you just learn, like, what you were as an artist? Was it massive for you? So much. I I feel like like I listened to it last week randomly, and I feel like because I'm trying to understand the sounds that I'm doing now and 
I can hear the influence of those songs into my music now. Like it's not so much, but it, it is a little bit. And I think I need, I want to draw on, because back then I had no prior influence or no, I was just purely creating because I wanted to create. And I think that's the influence and inspiration that I need right now to not be influenced by any music that I'm listening to, just like what's making me happy and what's real to me. So I, I am, it was very important that I did that because it's now a reflection. Definitely. And sort of like on that note as well, on the other side, after releasing an EP, and especially in like today's context of, you know, no touring, I'm not going to say the C word, um, just <laughs> with like limited touring after the great pause that I've been calling it. Um, <laughs> how is it going back to the desk, going back to this workshop and being like, I've got to write more music or I need to write more music. Has it been like, a, is that something that you're really excited to do now? Or is it just like, I don't want to force it now. Um, I'm just that. It's, it's very intimidating because I'm confused what I'm doing and what I want to make. Cause I have so much music in the bank, but I'm like, I don't know how it all falls together. So that's what I'm currently doing and trying to understand what Psycho is. Because I think it's like easy for people to say, oh, just like find your pocket. And it's like, well, I'll just go to the shops and find my pocket. And then like, it's so hard because you don't know, yeah. like this humans have so much emotion. So it's like hard to tie yourself down to one specific thing. Um, but with the great pause, it's kind of helped me. Cause I'm not getting, I, I can still be in my bedroom and just be creative and yeah. playful. Distractions. I can't imagine how many distractions there are being mm. an artist. Like, and I've done the touring thing before and it's like these, like, I'm like, this is going to sound like a, such a soppy, like, oh, but like sometimes it's like these people live the best lives, but it's like these poor people like have no time to just like, be themselves so I can't imagine how difficult that side of the world of the making music world would be to do it like consistently touring is like so idolized and I remember as a kid I would dream of touring and now that I've done I've literally only done it once but I'm like wow you are so in your own bubble everybody knows who you are and they're screaming you're it's such a serotonin high and low and then you come home and you're back to like a bubble where nobody knows you it's an ego trip and it's like god I'm not even like Billie Eilish but like imagine where how she would feel like oh it'd be immense it'd be too much yeah but maybe I feel like especially I don't know not to mansplain but like given you're so early in your career it doesn't feel like you haven't got the routine for it yet like as in like people say like if you do something for like five plus years that's when you like actually feel the routine so maybe maybe then hopefully for you for your sake anyway yeah I just don't know if I yeah I don't know we'll see I do like it it's just like people don't realize that there is a downside to it and you're not just partying all the time and like yeah yeah definitely rock star um let's take it all the way back because we've (laughs) shoved around already you learned to produce in your bedroom how important in retrospect now do you think that self-learning the production side of things has impacted just you know your overall ability to create music now do you think that that was absolutely massive for you looking back 
definitely it's like allowed me to understand what makes me happy and like I just love doing it even though it's not up to a place like to a place that I'm happy with but like the scary part with doing it now is that like when I send it to someone else which I haven't done yet it's like that's my little baby and you're gonna change it into something that I have no idea about and it's very intimidating but something I need to do something I'm it's like currently at the forefront of my brain so I'm like that's why I can I could go on about it but um it has really helped me understand me as a creator yeah for sure and early on in those sort of young psycho age group age time was it always music's the goal I'm going to be an artist was that were you super driven in that way or was it I make music I like music I'm passionate about it and then all of a sudden it's like holy shit I can make a career out of this it was definitely since a very early age like I want to be the most famous person in the world and like world domination but now I'm like I don't know if I do want that so I'm but um yeah it was always the goal beautiful and in those early years, who are those artists that, you know, you just look up to maybe locally throughout those high school years? Because I think we all have them where it's like even like a young me would like look at like Chet Faker when I was in year eight and I was like, oh, I want that to be me. <laughs> but who are those people for you that like just stood out as, oh, shit, these people, this is like, this is my career path. This is what I want to do. Who really stood out for you? I loved every single boy band, every single pop star, like Justin Bieber, One Direction. I loved them all. Um, I That was my time that I grew up in. I had the life-size posters on the walls. I was a fangirl, you'd say. Um, but then, like, when I got to high school, it was like, Triple J, I'm a rocker. I love Violent Soho. Um and then it started turning into Team Impala, so, and I'm still in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was that, does that turning into Team Impala era align with you creating the psycho aesthetic and brand and feel and establishing that? Definitely. Like, psycho stands for psychedelic. And yeah. I was like, Kevin Parker is a god. <laughs> he doesn't exist. Do you think he's real? I met him. Oh my god! Tell that story. What what happened? Um, I went to the APRA Awards and I was like doing a cover of T- Lost in Yesterday. Oh yes, of um, course. Kowski and Stephen, and then afterwards I was like, I need to go talk to him. And he was in a conversation, um, and my manager was like, Okay, we'll talk to his manager, and then we'll like go from there. And then I was like, No, I need to go do it now. I need to do it by myself. So I went up to him and I was like. Hey, Kevin, I love your music. And then we were talking and he had no idea who I was because he said in his speech that he like loved the cover we did. And so, but I did an outfit change. So he didn't remember me. And then, so I was like, oh, I did the cover up there. And he like stood up and hugged me. And he's like, you made my manager cry. And I was like, this is so much. And then Murray from the Wiggles walks in and like, took Kevin away from me and I was like oh my god my like my idol as a kid just took my present idol I was like this is too much to handle and I had to take a breather 
when when you hear the phrase never meet your idols do you think after that <laughs> that encounter do you think that reigns true or do you think that's false I think it's completely false. Kevin was a beautiful being. I am in awe of him and how, like, because I had, I have, I don't know the guy. I only know his music. And so yeah. I was like, I can only talk about your music to you. I can't, yeah. And so, because I have all this prior information, I know this guy so well. Yeah. He has no idea who I am. So it's like, it's a very weird interaction, but he was so lovely. And I think that, um, I think you should meet your idols if you want to and if you're ready for it. Definitely. I think that's that's such an interesting point where it's like music fans think they know their artists so, so well and they think, yeah, this person could effectively be my bestie. Like, um, like yeah, I'd, I'd hang out with Tyler, the creator. Like, I like Converse and, like, silly movies, but, like, in reality... It's like we know nothing about these people, even though we assume. So, so many fans, and I'm not saying you are in this case at all, come across as so entitled sometimes, or it's like, oh, yeah, this is my bestie. I know everything about you and whatever. But that's a sidetrack. No, but totally. Like, and especially because they make real music that speaks to them, you think that you know them because they're spilling their truth and you're like, I understand your truth. Yeah. But you don't know them. Well, I guess that's sort of like a weird semi-compromise right where it's you want to make the music as real or as and authentic as possible um but also it's like do you wait this, i'm going to turn this into a question because i'm a great interviewer <laughs> do you ever have a conflict because your music is quite personal is there ever a conflict for you of i really want to let this emotion out in music but at the same time i sort of just want to keep some stuff private sometimes is there do you ever have to conflict with that balance in your head um I don't feel it's too like the general public or anything like that I think that I would share everything but it's when I show like my close friends and maybe it's about them that then I'm like <laughs> oh maybe I shouldn't say that um but that's really the only to filter myself but most of the time I don't because I'm just like this stuff needs to be spoken about <laughs> Do you think that's a learned thing, like something that you've learned over the years, songwriting, or has that always been, I'm so, I'm happy with putting my heart on the line on these records from the beginning? No, I definitely, like, my girlfriend went to this talk of Trent Dalton, who's a writer from Brisbane, and he was, tell, like, speaking to the audience, saying, like, when you first start writing, you write about your family, your dog, your grandma, and then once you get feed through all that you start writing about yourself and I was like wow I so resonate with that like I've only recently like in the past two years started writing about myself like all of the songs on the album that I did in grade 12 were about I don't like know somebody else because I wasn't in touch with my own emotions yeah or, yeah that's super interesting I've never thought about it like that I think even in like just just general life and conversations you have as well, like, or just like the way you see the world, you get to a point where if you analyze everyone else too much, you forget about the mistakes and, you know, you overlook all the things that you're doing instead. So yeah. it's like, it's super interesting. I, li- I like that, that writer mm. or whatever, whoever said that shout out to them. <laughs> that's Trent Dalton. Trent Dalton. <laughs> shout outs. Um, 
we also needed like let's talk about the ep you first started the you started the first song i read you can call me out for fake news on this it says you started the first song for the project three years ago and i think for young people i'm quite young i'm a little baby as well um three years is such a long time for people around our age where it's like so much changes and I look back to three years ago for myself and I look at myself now I'm like that is a completely different human um but how much growth do you think you undertook as an artist throughout writing this EP and how do you think that reflects it on the EP as well um I think that I like with what I said definitely am writing more about myself and what feels real and things that are genuinely happening in this moment and then so I feel like back then I think I was very much still like I still do this but like writing just like in a flow where I didn't really realize what I was writing about and then three months later looked back on the song and was like oh I was writing about that incident that makes sense now um but I think I've grown as an artist speak like through understanding more of like being more assertive in what I want and what I want my music to sound like and having a clearer understanding of what that is because I think I'd just roll with the punches a little bit more those years ago yeah and what turned the EP into from all these these songs I've got some cool songs on my lap verse oh here's a body of work that's actually forming you know when did when did that change between songs to an EP? You know, what do you think tied them together in the end? I don't know. I still don't know if they <laughs> are tied together. Um, I think it's more so like, it's like a progression of me understanding myself more throughout the EP. Like that's the, I don't think the prod is very cohesive, but I think like what I'm talking about gets clearer throughout the songs. And I like that. Definitely. And yeah, because if you write music and it's you writing the music from an authentic place, it could sound like anything, but you know that the, not the voice practically, but the voice like metaphorically is coming from that same authentic person. Mm. Yeah. So then by default, it's going to make sense together. I think. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, let's talk about the arrangement on past life. Um, especially that, massive synth section at the end was that always the plan to have it like build to this massive eruption at the end or did that just fall into place I think when we were making it I was very hungover and I wanted that synth and then that started the song and then it just kept going but it was kind of like really cute simple and I love four to the floor so I was just like can we just go four to the floor at the end like let's just let's just do it and then Lucian was like okay and then it just like went crazy and I was like okay that makes sense let's do it great yeah I love that's my favorite song I think it's crazy like because the first time I listened to it I was like and then I was like (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think and also important note to talk about the EP just because this conversation is flying with time um, there's so much going on outside the project. You know, the music videos are always class and they always reflect the sound, not to mention the artwork, the images surrounding the EP. How important for you on like a percentage level 
was nailing everything else outside the music to get that messaging across that you wanted for the project? Um, very important. And I'm lucky enough to work with Madeline Randall, who has been working with Psycho since I released Peacemaker. And they completely understand what Psycho is and the colours. And, like, I feel like Maddie is partially Psycho because of it. Like, she fully gets what I'm doing and what I want so I'm very very lucky with that so I have no doubt that like the art's gonna match what the song is because she just gets it perfect and I think one sort of last like big question big real question is something that I used to have a lot of conversations with to people that I don't know you might not think about this at all or it might be something that you're really focusing on is and I, you might hate me for bringing it up as well. It's the age thing. And I don't want to make this about your age because in my writing and everything I do, saying young artists, I think can be so, come across as so disrespectful. And like, I don't know, I just hate the age thing. I'm not making this about the age thing, but <laughs> how do you reflect on being pitted as like a young, bright future star? Do you think it's added to pressure? Is it something that you don't really want people to consider when you're listening to music or just does it not matter at all? Um, I, I feel like I loved it because I was like, okay, I've still got time. And now I've turned 20 just in the, obviously we were meant to record this on my birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, but now I'm like, am I young anymore? Like, not that I'm, oh, I'm 20. I'm so old. But like, it's just like, I'm worried that I'm, I'm running out of time. Cause I feel like young artists have the most like power in a way. I don't know that's a really like that's an internal thing that I've never vocalized but um I guess it does scare me because I think people are like well they'll have the most time I don't know yeah I know it's it, it feels like young in the music industry for an artist is such a finite period of time and people love forcing that on artists it's like why does it matter how old an artist is I don't get it yeah I agree I used to love it when I was young, but now I'm like, I'm 20. Next year, I'm going to be 21. Next year, I'm going to be 22. What have I done? What have I done? Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, but you don't have to worry. Don't worry. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, and then I think last question is just, you know, what's your overall goals and artists? Not not so much in quantitative terms, like selling so-and-so tickets, getting so-and-so streams, but at the end of the day, what impact do you want to have on a listener? Um. I've recently worked through this and like talked to my therapist about it because I feel like I was having, cog- well, she said it's cognitive dissonance where I always wanted to be famous as a kid. And now I'm like, I don't think I want to be famous. I just want to make music that speaks to me and I can live off it. And um, I think that I want people to just connect if they want to connect. And if they don't, then I'm fine with that. But I just... Just want to be able to make music and have a time to make music, have time to make music. So that's my goal. And have people, yeah, got it. Beautiful. And then last, last question. I promise this is the last question. I've <laughs> said it like four times. But um, we love asking our guests who we should have on as well as a guest on the show. So who do you recommend? Who would be good to talk to? Talk hmm. to me. I feel like. Do you want a new artist or do you want like a... We can go 
If you want to say Harry Styles, you can say it. <laughs> no, not Harry Styles. He does enough interviews. I would say Dominic Fike. Okay, crazy. That would be crazy, right? He has like no interviews and I'm obsessed. Do you think I'd do it? <laughs> do you think I'd do a good job? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be flowing nicely. Um, thank you. And what about one local one? One that I can actually tag and I know they'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll say Fellowvind because they've been doing music and they're releasing new music soon and I really love it and they are very, very talented. I'm absolutely obsessed already. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that helps my cause now. We've got the psycho cosign of the podcast. Oh, um, yeah. But other than that, that absolutely flew by. I don't know where the time went. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. We do appreciate your time a lot. Thanks for having me. And thanks so much for listening, guys. Go stream this episode. Go stream Psycho's first EP out now on wherever you get your music, I guess. And yeah, stay safe. Let me just...